What's good, football fans? Welcome back to another episode of Fourth in a Mile podcast. Alongside my good friends, Brady, Bradley, and Jeremy. My name's Josh, and we appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, we have a packed show today. We will start with some news that's going around the NFL, and then we'll dive into our Mock the Mock section, where we take an in-depth look at Brady, or I'm sorry, Bradley's Mock Draft 1.0. And then we'll move into our final segment, Hail Mary. So, gentlemen, how are we doing today? We're doing good. Excited to get through my mock draft and see what you guys think about it. Doing great. Just over a week away from the draft. Can't get any better. Yeah, we're doing good, boys. Like you said, Josh, we have an absolutely packed show today, so I'm going to get us started with some NFL news. Um, to start, Christian McCaffrey got absolutely paid, boys. Uh, four years, $64 million extension for the uh, Carolina Panthers running back. Uh, big news for the running back market. Um, so happy for Christian McCaffrey. Give me the loot. <laughs> Give the loot. <laughs> um, moving on to some NFL prospects. They had some prospects had their um, virtual pro days, you could say. So Tua Tagovailoa worked out and sent his film to um, some teams, and Chris Mortensen got a hold of it and posted a seven seven tweet video type thing that showed different angles, mm -hmm. um, different launch points, things like that. So pretty big news for Tua. Um, and then Jalen Rager ran a 428-422 unofficial time at his quote-unquote pro day. I think unofficial should be emphasized there. Yes. It is emphasized there. <laughs> moving on. Yes. Moving on to Brandon Ayuk. He had core surgery, uh, which could affect his draft stock a little bit. So he's currently slated at uh, a first-round draft pick, first-round draft grade. So um, that could affect his uh, draft stock a little bit. Peter King broke some news for quarterbacks this week, too, as well. Um, he said the Patriots are quote unquote in love with Justin Herbert. That could cause for some draft day mania boys. Um, Anthony Lynn is very bullish on Tyrod Taylor. Uh, the reports are that the chargers can see Tyrod as a starter for more than one year. And the final news we have today is Cam Newton plans to wait until after the draft to sign with anyone. The quarterback said that he will not sign with a team that drafts a quarterback in the first round. So, Nothing really going on in the sports world, boys, but we have news to talk about. Which ones you guys want to bring to the forefront? Yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, um, but at my, you know, at the combine, I ran like a 4.9, but on my unofficial uh, virtual pro day, I ran like a 3.9. Really? Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> no, but all that to say is. <laughs> Real impressive. <laughs> how much does this really matter, though? You know, it's, it's interesting that the Tua stuff, I think more than anything, just shows at least he can, he's moving. Um, getting up and down. The, the other stuff, I mean, what Dancer cut off, like 0.3 off of his, his 40. Like, what is – I mean, I, honestly, at that point, I don't think he's helping himself. A um, couple of the other news, the, the draft news that you mentioned, Brady, that Brandon Ayuk core surgery is interesting to me um, because I think his 40 was a little disappointing to some people's opinions. Um, you know, just how fast he plays with the ball in his hands on the field. He ran a 4-5. Um, correct me if I'm wrong at the, at the combine, which could have maybe been affected by the uh, by the core injury. So that's interesting to note too. I'm not sure how you guys feel about that. If you think that maybe affected him, I mean his his vertical was still. I think he tested at over 40. So I mean, he still has a ton of explosion. Um, but I thought that that could have potentially hurt him a little bit at the combine. Who knows? I think that's kind yeah. of interesting how. Um, IU kind of had an opposite effect of Jefferson where his tape, everyone thought he was like crazy dynamic and he was just going to absolutely blow the doors off the 40. And then Jefferson, he didn't really play that 
dynamic. They didn't think he was going to be that, you know, fast. And then, you know, Jefferson ran like what a four four three or something like that. So I thought that was crazy too. Yeah, uh, you guys hit the nail on the head with the IUK stuff. I want to go back to the virtual pro days. And if I'm a GM or scout, I would just throw that video away. It means nothing to me because I hear it all the time. Like GMs want to actually see that themselves. They see it, they clock it. They're not going to trust anybody else. They trust their own clock. So Cam Dancer running a 4.39 at his unofficial pro day, um, but running a 4.64 at the combine, I think they're going to take that 4.64 more than the 4.39. Well, they sometimes yeah. don't even trust other coaches on their staff. Yes. Yes. Like, not even from team to team. Like, you have – oh, you got a 4-4-2? Well, I got a 4-4-6, so I, I don't think it's a 4-4-2. Like, yeah, that Jalen Rager news to me does absolutely nothing. I th- He probably could have shaved it a little bit off his time, but not a 4-2-2 or 4-2-8. I think with the Tua news, I took a little bit more value into that because there isn't, like, a number associated with that. That's just right. him actually – throwing the ball you can take whatever you want from it what I took from it was his footwork is probably the best in the draft um his arm is still a little bit of a concern for me you could see at the end in like the sixth or seventh video um fatigue was hitting him a little bit and he wasn't as accurate down the field he was um, thrown at 15 yards there was the sixth or seventh video it was like 40 45 yards okay um, and didn't he skip his, one he did yeah know. it wasn't it the the deep ball was a little bit alarming, but his short accuracy and his quick twitch with the ball, it, it's very impressive. Um, and then just with the Christian McCaffrey, I know I made a joke like, oh, good for Christian McCaffrey, but it really is like he got his second deal. That's a big deal for uh, running backs. Um, so we're Minnesota Vikings fans and Green Bay Packers fans. Both our running backs are coming up on contract. What does this news do for you? Jeremy, go ahead, start. Yeah, I mean, it obviously worries me a little bit just because, you know, we the running back market is so hard to judge. And I think everyone values it, but only values it in like a short term, um, depending on what the money is. So, like, obviously, I, Aaron Jones, huge fan. I think he's a stud. Um, I would absolutely love to keep him in green and gold. But when you get up to, you know, the double digits, 11, 12 million a year, it starts to get, you know, you start to get hard pressed when you can, you know, draft a guy in the third round that can come in and do similar things. Obviously you aren't going to get a guy immediately making an impact, you know, like a Aaron Jones or a Dalvin cook right away, but it poses the question, why not have him for three, four years and continue to restock in that second, third round range. Um, it's hard. It's hard to, uh, I guess, you know, argue that. Yeah, the one thing that I take from the McCaffrey thing is that he's only 23 years old, and we all know what that second contract is for running backs, but you could argue he's a wide receiver, right? So if he doesn't really work out mm-hmm. in the running back position, throw him in the slot, make him work there. Obviously, he's not worth $64 million in the slot, but he can be used so many different ways. So I, I think it's a good for him. Yeah, I and think that's the just... difference. You know, like he, <clears throat> he has the ability to do so many things for you, and he's coming at the end of that contract still in his prime are coming towards the end of his prime. Yeah, it just scares me as a Minnesota Vikings fan and Delvin Cook probably probably wanting something similar to this, or obviously he's not going to get the same money, but he might get something similar to it. Uh, It just makes me nervous that we might be having a holdout on our hands with that. But um, good for Christian McCaffrey. We'll see what the Delvin Cook news comes sooner into the season. Every organization wants to be that next one that says, no, this is not a bad running back contract. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. How'd that work for Todd Gurley? David Johnson. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not good news. Keep them going. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long list for sure. Um, I, I 
just last thing, I always thought it was kind of interesting kind of how teams are trying to position themselves um, like Anthony Lynn from the Chargers uh, saying like, oh, no, we're, we got Tyrod. We don't need a quarterback. So teams may be less prone to like trade ahead of them maybe in the draft. So then if a Herbert will be able to drop to them and they actually do in fact take him, they'll be like, ha see, we got you. So I think that's kind of interesting as well. We are very thick into rumor season for the NFL draft. Teams are going to say whatever to try to sway teams the other way. So you got to be really careful on what you uh, choose to believe in these stuff. It's a lot of he said, she said right now, a lot of politics. So got to trust your sources, I guess. All right. Now the next segment we have here is mock the mock. So um, our, our own Bradley Rose uh, released his mock draft 1.0 on Monday night on Twitter. And we are here just to give our thoughts on his picks. So Bradley is just going to uh, take it in quarters. So he'll just give us the one through eight first uh, give just a kind of a quick tidbit for uh, some picks there. And then we'll just be able to kind of digest that as we go along here. So Bradley, take it away. All right. Two things that I want to note before we go through one through eight is that there's no trades in this draft. We decided that we didn't want to do any trades. Correct. Uh, keep, it, keep it simple like that. And then we're doing it based on what we think the GM's going to do. Um, at this point, nobody cares what we want them to do. Um, we're just going to do what the GM uh, thinks they're going to do. So we're going to start with the Bengals. Shocker here, uh, Joe Burrow. And we talk about his accuracy, his poise. Two is Chase Young. Um, we can talk about this after we go one through eight. Um, do you think with Chase Young that the Redskins are um, the best defensive line in the NFL? So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, three, the Lions go Jeffrey Akuda. Four, Isaiah Simmons. Five is where it gets interesting. Uh, I have them going Tua. Um, if you look what they did on defense, uh, they're obviously going offense with five, but I think they're going offense for the next two picks as well. Um, it's your choice between Tua and Herbert, I think. I think they um, choose Tua. Number six, the Chargers are going to go with Herbert. Um, seven is where it gets interesting for me. The Panthers are going to go Jedrick Wills. Um, for needs, they need both um, offense and defense align. I think the state of the Panthers right now is they're not in a win now. I think in a year or two, they could be competitive. I think building their offensive line around Wills, who might be the best offense tackle in the draft, most people say he is. I think that's the better decision uh, than compared to Derrick Brown. So the last pick um, in the first eight, uh, the Cardinals take Derek Brown. A lot of people see them going uh, offensive tackle here. They're not wrong for thinking offensive tackle. I think Derek Brown is an absolute game changer for the um, Cardinals defense. I think taking the pressure off um, the all-decade team, Chandler Jones, uh, helps their secondary a lot, bringing that guy who can just push the pocket back, uh, get that quarterback uncomfortable. So uh, what do you guys got with these one through eight? Well, I think the the one through four that's that's pretty solidified. Um, I don't I don't foresee anything changing unless there is a trade. Which from the news right now, it doesn't sound like it's going to. Uh, you think five Simmons is, is locked into the Giants at four? I really do. I think that's a lock right now. Um, hmm. As far as five, the the heat is really on for Herbert with Miami. Now I don't know if this is Miami releasing news, so. Um, the Chargers don't jump them, but uh, I agree with that one as well. And I've also heard a lot of rumors about Derek Brown to Arizona, and I think it would be a great fit. But we'll see if he gets past Carolina because Carolina's in that stage where any talent's good talent. So um, it, it's very interesting. I, I like your first eight, not too much to critique there. 
Yeah, I think I, I'm on the board with Brady in the sense that I, I like it um, if I'm drafting. Now, the one thing, like I love Isaiah Simmons. Bradley and I are both, um, you know, t- together on that point, just so far what he can do for your team. Um, but to to speak to Brady, I, I don't know if it is locked in. Um, Gettleman, so, you, we didn't know he was going Daniel Jones last year. We don't really know what he's doing. And I know he, he's a meat and potatoes kind of guy. He likes the big guys up front. Um, and I could definitely see, like, I wouldn't be shocked if they go he off. He can't attack. pass up on that. He can't. I, I even wrote down ATH. This guy can play everywhere. <laughs> Obviously, I'm biased toward him, but he can't pass up on him. I'm, can, he protect, can he protect Daniel Jones? Yeah, but you can get protection in the second round. You can't get him in the second yeah, round. It's true. I'm not arguing that I, I think it should happen because I, I love Isaiah Simmons. Um, I, that would be my pick there. Um, and in a mock, I, I would pick the same thing. Um, the, the Tua Herbert smokescreen, I've really thought hard about this the last couple of days, trying to, to pick how I felt about it in terms of what was smoke, what it's not. Um, and just from everything you look at, I, I do think it, I, I'm starting to lean that it's going to be Herbert to the Dolphins. Um, it might be a little bit foreshadowing when we jump in the Hail Mary, but um, I don't think it's necessarily the smart move, but I told you guys this, I mean, Herbert has all the physical tools. If a coach, you know, is, is set in stone that I can get the most out of them. You know, a, a lot of guys have their egos in the NFL, like in terms of what they think they can do with players. I mean, Herbert's got the tools. I mean, he's a big body. He looks the part for sure. You know, one of the things I told you guys, the biggest knock on him is his leadership. And it's not because he was getting in trouble and going to, you know, all in the news and everything. It's because he's not loud enough or he's too quiet. Um, you know, if that's your biggest issue with him, I, I, I feel like you can live with that and you can, you can work yeah. with that for sure. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at with that. I'm, I'm not sure how, how you guys feel about the smoke screen, um, Bradley and Josh in terms of, you know, dolphins, Herbert. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah. I think that the dolphins are either in position to, uh, trade up to ensure that they do get to a, or I think they'll end up pulling the trigger on Tua because I think they are all in that politicking where they're going to just try to be able to make sure that teams get confused on what they will end up doing. And so I do think they'll end up with Tua and Chargers with Herbert. Are you guys all in the boat that if um, Tua goes to the Dolphins, could you see uh, the Chargers take an offensive tackle? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I, I think right now, if Tua is not there at six, they're not drafting Justin Herbert. I, I've heard a lot that, um, like, like we just talked about in the news and notes, that they they really like Tyrod Taylor. And so if Tua's not there, then let's go get somebody to protect Tyrod or let's go get Derek Brown or something like that. Let's bulk up that defense, do something like that. Even maybe CJ, maybe trade back a little bit too. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I would not be surprised if Herbert falls out of the top ten. I mean, they're in a position to win right now. And I mean, and another guy, another guy they really like is Hertz, who they can get later. Yeah. You get another guy to, you get an offensive tackle here to help your line tremendously. I mean, any of those guys that, that would fall to that spot right there. Yeah, um, we could, uh, we could sit here and talk about Tua and Herbert and which one makes the most sense a long time. We could probably finish the episode on that, but what I want to talk about, and I alluded to this earlier, I want to talk about the Redskins defensive line with Chase Young. They were pegged as my best defense line with Chase Young in the NFL, and I want you guys to give me a de- another team that's better than them. The, they're number two on my list if they got Chase Young. Number one would be the San Francisco 49ers. They, they almost – I mean, they got Bosa, 
Ford, uh, Eric Armstead. Um, who's the guy? They had another guy too. I don't. They don't have Buckner anymore, but they had another no. guy too that was that's pretty darn good too. So um, obviously, if you're a number two, you're pretty darn good. But I think San Francisco. The reason they made the Super Bowl was because of that front front seven. So um, and you got to take into account that they might be drafting D line as well too. So obviously with Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Ryan Kerrigan, and now um, Chase Young, they're they're in really good company. But yeah. I, they they got to get out there and prove it too. Yeah, I agree with that. I I also have the 49ers being there, but I think when you lose DeForest, I think it's it's tough to put them still at number one, just looking at the depth on the Redskins. So we'll go through 9 through 16. This is where it probably starts varying a lot more for us. Um, 9, I have the Jaguars taking C.J. Henderson, not a popular pick. Wow. Um, when you look at um, his stock, I think it's obviously Akuda's number one. Like, we're not going to sit here and argue that. But when it comes to man-to-man corners, he's as good as it gets in this draft class. Big, fast. I think in an ideal world, Jaguars trade to 12 to 16 to get him. But I think anything past that 15, 16, I think he's gone. Um, the Browns uh, take Becton, I think, with Stefanski. Um, that's a perfect fit. Zone run, just an absolute bulldozer. Can push a truck, so, you know, you got to take him there. You can just move the whole line. <laughs> uh, 11, I have the Jets taking Werfs. Um, they could take their pick of the litter for wide receiver, but I have them saying, hey, if we can get a, a number one receiver in the second round, potentially even somebody that can come in and play most of the downs. So I say Werfs can play both uh, guard and tackle, good fit for them. Uh, this is where it gets interesting for me. I think Gruden and company go rugs. I think they have to scout for uh, Tyreek Hill two times a year, and they value speed, so they're going to go with the speedster. Uh, Kyle Shanahan and the uh, 49ers go C.D. Lamb, probably the most polished receiver, uh, one-on-one uh, battles, catches in space. I think and they're his offense. Uh, when you get him in space, he's hard to tackle. I think Shanahan finds a way to do that. Uh, my favorite offensive tackle, Andrew Thomas, goes at 14 to the Buccaneers from Georgia. I think he is as polished as it gets. I think his floor is the highest for the offensive tackles. Wow. Um, 15, I can't believe I'm saying this. The Broncos get Jerry Judy. I don't see a scenario where he falls to 15, but he does in this in this area. Um, just an absolute polished route runner. I think pairing him with Drew Locke, you throw Melvin Gordon, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Noah Fant to uh, Drew Locke. That's a that's a great weapon uh, artillery for uh, for Drew Locke. And then the final pick uh, for this is the Falcons, and they go Javon Kinlaw to pair up with Grady, uh, Grady Jarrett in the inside. What do you guys think? For me, uh, I actually agree with a lot of these, surprisingly. Um, the biggest question was C.J. Henderson, and I guess for me being a Vikings fan, I'm disappointed he went this high. I was hoping that um, if there's somebody that falls, it would be C.J. Henderson so we can maybe trade up to get him. Um, but like, like you were saying, he's an absolute stud. Jeff Okuda's got the number one corner role, rightfully so. But C.J. Henderson is climbing, and he's getting, he's getting hot right before the draft. Um, Henry Ruggs to the Las Vegas Raiders I think is also a great fit. Uh, they see what they ha- uh, They play Tyreek Hill twice a year, so they see what they can get for a speedster. Um, and then lastly, for me, the, the Andrew Thomas one is an absolute steal for them because they're in win-now mode, and he's probably the most, I guess I would say, ready. You know he's going to play left tackle for them. You know he's got, like Bradley said, probably the highest floor out of these uh, offensive tackles. Go get your uh, Tom Brady uh, some protection like that, and Andrew Thomas is a great fit there. 
That's probably my favorite pick out of this one. Um, I think if he, he falls to them there, it's a really good spot for him. Um, another one that I really like too is, is the, the Jets um, with Werfs. I think it makes a lot of sense. I've been kind of on the, the CD bandwagon there. Um, but, you know, the more we talk about the wide receiver class and, you know, I, I've told you guys that I think like a Pittman would be really good, you know, for the Jets in, in maybe round early round two. I just think there's a lot of value in round two for them to get a wide receiver and still be like a number one type guy um, to where they can really, really help Darnold out there with a tackle um, that they are in desperate need of. Um, with Kinlaw to the Falcons, too, I like that one. That's a good one for them. I think that's great value there for, for them at 16 um, to help their front. I think they're scratching their heads when it's almost a shoe in that they thought they were going to get CJ Henderson at 16, but I just think his stock is rising and people realize like, yeah, he's not a great tackler. That's one of his big knocks. He doesn't really engage in the run game, but when you talk about man to man, get up and press him, like he's, he's NFL ready for that in my opinion. Yeah. He's a guy that's like kind of hard to judge because you, I mean, I think you're right. He could go in the top 10. I think talent wise, he, he is a top 10 guy. Um, but he's an, he's a guy too that could fall to like 17. And, you know, Brady's talking about potential trade up, you know, scenario. Um, so he's he's a tough one to pin. But you're right, you know, he you can watch on tape. It's it's almost like sometimes he he gets boarding coverage because he's that good um, when he's back there. But he could really his speed is so deceptive that he's gonna he's gonna give a lot of quarterbacks issues, you know, in the in the pros. Yeah. Can you guys imagine uh, C.D. Lamb and a Kyle Shanahan offense? <laughs> Like, talk that about a guy who Richard. gets his guys in space, design plays for him to get open. And uh, when he gets the ball in space, like, we've seen film on him. Like, he, he's hard to tackle. He's hard to bring down. I think that's a big explosive weapon for them. Yeah, I think my favorite pick in this uh, section is the Mackay Becton uh, to the Browns. Uh, Stefanski bringing that zone uh, running scheme. You need very athletic offensive uh, linemen in that scheme. Uh, Becton, I mean, we poke fun at it, but uh, of his, you know, um, combine and his measurables and pushing the truck. And But he is an athletic freak, and I think he'd be a really great fit to be able to swing, get into the second level, and be able to uh, get Chubb uh, some more, you know, y yards per carry with him getting into that second level. Yeah, and we, we poke fun at him, and that's probably mostly on me. <laughs> but when it comes to run blocking, he's probably as good as it gets in this draft. Like, he, he just – he mows people down. And when you look at what the Browns are, they brought a guy who likes to run the football over. They have two really good running backs. They have a quarterback who turned the ball over a lot. That helps him a lot. I think that's a really good pick for them. Bradley, well, we've been a, if we've he's been a little had a 10-yard nice head start – hold on, hold on, Bree. I got a good question here. If Bradley – he's got a 10-yard head start. He's running at you. You're, you're a linebacker. Are you running away? I'm dropping to my knees and hopefully take him down with me. And then my, and then my, and then my safety makes the tackle. Hopefully it's not Grant Delpit back there. <laughs> well, we've been a little too nice to Bradley. So uh, yeah, for I second agree. Half, we have to start actually mocking him a little bit. So this is where yeah. it's going to get interesting. Go ahead with your 17 through 24. All right. So 17 is the Cowboys and I have Caleb on chase on. I think with Robert Quinn leaving, I think Chase on fills that void very well for them. They need a cornerback, but Henderson's gone. Um, it's a big drop off after two. So that's where I go Chase on. I think it's a good fit for them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they go like Justin Jefferson to add more weapons for Dak Prescott. I mean, talk about a guy that can really help them in the slot. Um, 18, I have the Dolphins going Josh Jones. They need offensive line help bad. I think they're hoping one of those guys falls down to 18. Raiders go Trevon Diggs. 
I think this is a Mike Mayock pick. Um, SEC, he loves he loves those big time college players who's got that big swagger. Um, see Cleland Farrell in last year's draft. I think this is a big big pick for them. Um, number twenty, the Jaguars go Ross Blacklock, defensive tackle, TCU. This is kind of my upset pick. This is where I expect you guys to kind of disagree a little bit. I don't see them going offense again or offense in general, I should say, with the first two picks. 21, I have the Eagles going Patrick Queen. I think this makes the most sense for them. I know you guys think Justin Jefferson, but they have Deshaun Jackson. They have Elshon Jeffrey. We've alluded that there's good wide receivers in the second round for them. I think getting that staple in the, uh, in the defense with Patrick Queen is a big need for them. Then I have the great Minnesota Vikings taking Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU. I would be very happy if he falls to 22, maybe a little bit wishful thinking, but can do a lot really good in the slot. Um, good at tested catches. I think this would be a great fit for uh, cousins and company. He can also do a little bit of kick returning. So that's a big pick for us. 23. I have Kenneth Murray. I think this is a big Patriots guy uh, kind of fits that mold that Bill Belichick likes in his team. And then to close out this round, I had the saints going Jordan love quarterback, Utah state. I think Brees has one to two years left. Obviously, he signed a two-year deal. I don't think Taysom Hill is the guy for them after that. Um, you hear uh, Patrick Mahomes' name thrown out when uh, they compare Jordan Love to him. Obviously, that's smoke. Like, he's not a Patrick Mahomes right now. But in a Sean Payton offense, he could be really deadly with his arm and his athleticism. So what do you guys got for me on this one? I, I expect a little bit of disagreement on this one. The biggest one that I have that's – Really shocking is the Ross Blacklock, and I know you said it's your upset pick, but I mean, man, look at what they they have for for options there. Like Justin Jefferson's a match. I mean, you could look at linebacker, maybe get like a Patrick Queen. Look at how he would fit there. Um, and D back, they already got it nine for your pick. So uh, Ross Blacklock, if they do that, they need a trade trade back. Um, and then you were saying about the nineteenth pick that you think that's a Mayock pick to Trayvon Diggs. I would say more so like a uh, AJ Terrell is a, a Mike Mayock pick where he's going to pick somebody from Clemson, a high character guy, not saying Diggs isn't, but um, that seems like more of a, a Mayock pick. And then uh, I'll give you, I'll end one on a good one. I think you nailed it out, um, out of the park with the Kenneth Murray one. Uh, he is for sure a Patriot guy, a, a team captain at Oklahoma. Um, shout out to the Sooners for Kevin, but um Great pick. He he's a, a surefire tackler, and it would be a great fit in New England. Well, I scratched my head a little bit because I know you love Justin Jefferson, so I think your homer was a wishful thinking with the the Eagles pick. I've already said that we could get wide receivers in the second round, so that's why I'm that's what I'm banking on is that teams are like, hey, we we can get something in the <laughs> second round. Let's keep pushing them back, and then the Skull Nation goes up and picks them. I, I like so awesome. I like Philly taking gold. big time. yes. I like Philly taking Patrick Queen, and I think they actually will take Patrick Queen, but I think no that's going to be because Justin Jefferson isn't there at that pick. So I think that's why Patrick Queen is, is a good pick there. But go ahead, Becker. Yeah, I would agree. I, I actually think he's starting to go up, and I think he's going to end up being in the top 20, I think, Jefferson. Um, but, yeah, I don't disagree with that either. To, to Bradley's credit, like I do like the Patrick Queen pick a lot. Uh, I think the Eagles are really going to prioritize off, or, uh, speed on offense and defense and you want to pick you want a guy with some speed here's yeah. the best coverage linebacker in the draft I mean go watch that dude cover a screen it's it's unbelievable um the Ross Blacklock one I really like the player I don't like um 
where he's going. Not necessarily the Jags, but I, I think that might be a little too early for him. Um, you know, they – you know, they could potentially think about quarterback there, even with Jordan Love. I don't think they would, but, you know, that's an option. I just think there's probably more value to be had at that point. If Jefferson is there and the board looks like this, I would think they'd probably lean that way. But, again, you got the whole Anik and Gakwe situation, and if, if you really like Blacklock and you think he's the guy, like, you know, you go get your player, right? That's that's the old saying. Like, you can't wait to hope that he falls for you. So, um, I, I agree with Brady too, as far as the, the AJ Terrell, I think that'd be more of a Mayock guy, but I, I mean, Diggs kind of fits that, um, you know, fits their play style, fits their mentality a little bit. So maybe not full Mayock in agreement with you, but like I, the Raider type fit, I think in my mind fits And the Kenneth Murray, uh, definitely a Patriot guy, just continue wearing that captain patch. Yeah. I thought it was really, as far as a first round for the Jaguars go, I think it's a reach on both accounts for CJ Henderson and Ross Blacklock. So I think they'd take, they'd have, they'd come out of this a little disappointed that the board didn't fall the way they were expecting it to. Uh, Bradley, so Trayvon Diggs is your number three corner or that you think that's what the Raiders will do? I think that's what the Raiders are going to do. He is not my number three corner. Okay. I was going to say that's, I thought that'd be news to me. And um, (laughs) if Justin Jefferson falls to the Vikings, we're, we're going crazy. Like that would be phenomenal. That would make the trade for um, trading digs away. Look all the better. Um, and I honestly would love to see Josh Jones in purple. I think, I know that's kind of an unpopular opinion in this circle, but we need offensive line help. And I think he would be able to plug in right away and be able to elevate our offensive line play and be able to kind of solidify cousins floor and be able to elevate his ceiling. But I don't know. How do you guys think of like the whole concept of having an aging quarterback like the Saints have in Breeze, um, getting someone like for the future, like a Jordan Love, versus getting a player that can help them win next year, get increase the chance of them winning a Super Bowl while you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, and kind of that dynamic of like what do you go for? I think it works. I think if you look at former teams that have done it you throw Aaron Rodgers name the Packers. that's the, that's the first <laughs> one that everyone goes to but I'm gonna look more at Patrick Mahomes I mean he didn't sit by behind like a great quarterback in Alex Smith but he sat with Andy Reid and I obviously Jordan Love would get both he would get a great quarterback in uh Drew Brees and he'd also get uh absolute wizard on the offensive side and Sean Payton I think it's a great fit for them yeah I would absolutely love it. that I would absolutely love that if I was a Saints fan because, you don't. I mean, if they win the Super Bowl this year or they make it far or even if they have it – like, this might be Drew Brees' last year. We've been saying that for a while. So why not go get another guy? Like, for me, Taysom Hill is not that guy. I don't know why people keep bouncing off the roof for him. But he's – like, he is – Does anyone is. actually like, expect that to be the case? You guys, he was Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson was Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, so I – Taysom Hill is, is not the guy. I – I like Jordan Love a lot more than Justin Herbert. Like when you look at his film, uh, obviously the interceptions are, are a problem. But, I mean, just look at the arm talent, the skill. Like I saw a video of somebody, him throwing it off his back foot, an absolute dime 40 to 50 yards down the field. So, I mean, the dude's got a great arm and can move. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the comparison. He's not there yet. But I, I really like that pick if I'm a Saints fan, and I am not a Saints fan. So I don't <laughs> like the pick. Do you guys think if Patrick Mahomes weren't in the league that Jordan Love's stock would be 
second round pick just because there's relative compare like there's comparable traits with the both of them of big arms you know they had relatively similar you know not great college production of like higher interceptions if Mahomes weren't successful in the league and he just didn't exist you think love would be this high I feel like people always fall in love with the big arms so uh, I think he would he would still have great value for sure be uh, a top two round value even without Mahomes there yeah I, I mean you fall in love with the physical traits no matter who you're comparing him to and we always you know everyone comes up with different comparisons every year I mean Justin Herbert Justin Herbert was underwhelming to some extent like with his stats um, but like I said he looks the part he's got physical tools he's got all that so I think I mean you got all you got to do is turn on the tape especially not necessarily maybe last year um, but the guy's whole situation was like uprooted, lost coaching staff, lost like, nine players left that were starting. Like, you know, you, you, we all played college athletics. Like we understand that the situation coming into a new situation, like recruiting is so hard because you never know how it's going to look when you get there. You know, you change that entire situation. If he gets put in a system with Sean Payton to sit behind Drew Brees, that, I mean, yeah, I think obviously you're a little disappointed if you're a Saints fan because you're like, man, we didn't, we didn't get somebody for Drew's last ride, but you're going to be pretty happy in like three years. And that offense is still going to be loaded. So uh, Bradley, why don't you give us your uh, last round uh, 25 through 32? Yeah, I'll close this out without too much comments and then I'll leave it for you guys to the comments and I'll give my rebuttal. So the Vikings take Christian Fulton cornerback from LSU, uh, get their second LSU guy. Uh, the Dolphins go Cesar Ruiz um, from Michigan interior offensive lineman. The Seahawks follow that up with another offensive lineman, Isaiah Wilson, a tackle from Georgia. The Ravens go Denzel Mims, wide receiver from Baylor at 28. At 29, the Titans go A.J. Epinesa, defensive end from Iowa. The Packer faithful uh, at 30 take T. Higgins, wide receiver from Clemson. And then at 31, the 49ers take Jeff Gladney, cornerback from TCU. And then A.J. Terrell, cornerback Clemson, closes it out uh, for the Chiefs at 32. I'll just give you one that I really like, or two that I really like, and one that's a little bit questionable. So the first one that I really like is the Christian Fulton one to the Vikings. I am probably the highest of us four on Christian Fulton. Uh, I think he can base, he can do it all. He can play zone coverage. He can play man coverage. Um, he's a bigger corner. I really like big corners that, um, especially when we have Mike Hughes on the other side. So uh, Christian Fulton to the Vikings is a huge plus for me. And then the other one is Denzel Mims to Baltimore I really like that one um, get another speedster that fits in that offense their offense is just going to be really fast um, the one that I'm not a huge fan of is the Isaiah Wilson to Seattle um, I'd rather see them go Austin Jackson or trade back to see if they can go uh, Isaiah Wilson but um, yeah not a huge fan of the Isaiah Wilson one hey Brady um, would you say that you like big corners and you cannot lie <laughs> yes sure okay. i know mike zimmer can say that uh what i was thinking with the isaiah wilson one is that pete carroll's always been that guy that hey i'm gonna draft someone based on that potential uh we've heard the rumors from like the daniel jeremiah's of the world that says hey some gms say that isaiah wilson's a first round uh mocked at a first round based on his potential so that's where i was thinking on that one i totally agree with the austin jackson but uh yeah that's where i was thinking yeah we, i don't know if, if we've, i love the what'd you say Brady? And so we've seen uh, the Seattle Seahawks take players that we just aren't sure. Like, they don't really hit a lot on their first, 
they make their money in the middle rounds. So yes. um, like Rashad Penny is the example that we'll probably always look at, but um, yeah, go ahead Becker. Yeah. I was just going to build out the Wilson. Like, yeah, to your point, sometimes they make picks that kind of make you scratch your head. I think if the board is the way it is right now, I I'd like to see them go edge. I think that's probably, they could probably get better value there. Like a gross Matos or even Epinesa before get taken by the Titans. Um, as a Packer fan, I would be disappointed in two, two ways because I think this would be a great first round for the Vikings. Um, I'm, I'm not just a homer. I can be realistic here. Um, I think that would be a good first round for the Vikings. Now, I know you guys think I just a massive hater on T Higgins. I, I like T Higgins, the player. I think he's really good. I think he'll be a good pro. I think um, to be at a school like Clemson in, in the, you know, the, the games he's playing in to have that type of production it's going to translate in some capacity. I just don't love the fit with the Packers. I think if the, if it looks like this, I would guess they'd go like, uh, you know, Jackson tackle USC, maybe even um, a cornerback in this situation. Um, if they don't trade back, if the board looked like this as a Packer fan, I would like them to trade back. Obviously it depends on what they could get for value, but um, not a huge fan of the way the board looks right now. If they went wide receiver, uh, but I under I understand it. I mean, he's a good player. I know you're higher on T. Higgins than I am. Um, it's not that I'm not high on him. I just really like a lot of the other guys more. Um, and I think that, by the way, I'll jump back up a little bit to the 26 of the Dolphins. The Caesar Ruiz pick might be a reach in some eyes, but that dude is going to be good. I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he went in the top, you know, if he went to like the Cowboys to to replace Frederick at center. Yeah. The dude is point. We, we need interior linemen in Minnesota, too, so I could see him. We could fall in love with him, too, and go 22 and 20, or 25 with him. I think he's benefiting from a weak interior offensive line class as well. I think he's going to be very a good much. player, but this isn't very deep when it comes to interior offensive line, so he's definitely benefiting from that. Absolutely. I mean, he's been graded way higher than even Bradbury was. Yeah. Um, but because the class is just so good, and once you get past 15, it's so deep because – the talent level is just so close with all of these guys. All right. So then we'll transition here into hail Mary, which is our last segment. So if you remember from episode one, we did our uh, debut of the segment hail Mary, where uh, we take a list of Daniel Jeremiah, Jeremiah, uh, excuse me, list of top prospects in order. And each of us will give where we think that they will go. Uh, but, uh, before that, we will just take a quick break, and then we'll start with Tristan Wirfs as our first uh, prospect that we will evaluate. Hi, guys. This is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a Mile Pod. Thanks, guys. And now back to the sports. And we are back. So Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle out of Iowa. Uh, we'll start with Bradley. Where did you have him going? Yeah, as I alluded to in my mock draft, I had Tristan Wirfs falling uh, to the New York Jets. Um, I have that in Hail Mary as well. I think that's a good fit for both parties. And I already alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I think he's going to the Jets. Yeah, I, I have him go here. Sorry, Brady. <laughs> go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, I've got the Cardinals here. I, I just think – I know we've talked about this on, on the show, and we talked about this last week too, just in their screen game, how they get out in the pocket and the way uh, Kingsbury wants to play. Um, Worfs is super athletic. You know, he's a guy like Becton, you know, that can really get out and move. Um, so I think he makes a lot of sense uh, to pair with the Cardinals here. 
um, with an offensive tackle and, and help Murray out. Yeah, I had him going to the Carolina Panthers. I think with their pick, they're not going to go defense. I think they're going to try and protect Teddy a little bit um, and see if they can get that offense moving a little bit. So I went with the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I went with the Raiders, which is uh, kind of a surprise. But I think that they'll be able to have hit, get Derek Carr some more, uh, or whoever I guess is behind uh, center, uh, some more time, be able to get Josh Jacobs uh, some holes through the offensive line, be able to get the uh, yards uh, per cat yards per carry up there too. So I think that'll be really good for that offense. And so the next prospect we have, we actually have uh, some quite a bit of parity here uh, is the wide receiver, Justin Jefferson out of LSU. So Jeremy, how about you started off? Uh, where did you have Justin Jefferson going? Yeah. So I talked about this when we did the mock the mock and, I'm really starting to feel that, um, you know, Jefferson is going to go in the top 20. I think he makes a lot of sense with the, with the Broncos here, um, just because, you know, they were pitiful in the red zone last year and that's where Justin Jefferson really made his money. Um, you know, you take a team that, you know, struggles with that area, it, it exact correlation to, to really fill a hole there. Um, and I, there, I mean, Elway has been quoted saying he wants to get, you know, them, get uh, lock weapons. Um, so, you know, Justin Jefferson is one of the best ones uh, that would be available at 15 more than likely. I had uh, Justin Jefferson going to the Jaguars. So when I said earlier, I don't think he's going to get to the Eagles. I think he's going to go to the Jaguars. They need, they need some wide receiver help to go with DJ Chark. Um, so I went with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I had him going to – uh, the Eagles, I think that's a really, really popular spot that, you know, mocks have been having him go outside of Bradley's. I think that would be really, really surprising if Jefferson were on the board and they passed on him. I think the fan base would riot <laughs> as, yeah. as they've been known to do. So I think that Jefferson would be a really good fit for the Eagles, get uh, Wentz another weapon and be able to actually give Ertz and their good uh, tight ends some more help because their wide receivers were banged up and pitiful last year. Yeah, I have Jefferson going to the Broncos for similar reasons that Jeremy does. I think when you look at this uh, draft for the Broncos, they want to get Drew Locke help. Uh, they drafted him in the second round. You want to see if that's your guy. So you do that by getting him some weapons. And I think Justin Jefferson's a great value for them. So I think this is a really good fit for um, both parties. And I think he goes to the Broncos. All right, then our next prospect, we have Patrick Queen, uh, linebacker out of LSU, so Jefferson's uh, collegiate teammate. So I'll, I'll start. I had him going to the Saints. Uh, so I think that the Saints have a, a lot of really, really high-quality talents all around the board. So I think they're just going to take the, you know, rangy linebacker, uh, just best, best player on the board, and that's where I had him going. I went with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, much to what we alluded to in the mock the mock section. Um, they're going to go and get a linebacker. Uh, I don't remember how long it's been since they've taken uh, a middle linebacker or a linebacker, the Eagles, but I, I believe it's been a while and uh, they're going to get a really good player that can, can stretch the field like Josh said, and a uh, uh, great fit for the Eagles. They're going to uh, Patrick Queen to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Um, I alluded to the, to this earlier in my mock draft that I think that uh, Queen's going to go to the Eagles. I think even if 
Jefferson's there. I think this is a better fit for them. Talk about a need to be that general on the defense for them. I think he's a very good player. I think he can run sideline to sideline, super athletic. Talk about a big need for the Eagles. I know they need receiver, but I think middle linebacker is a bigger need for them. So I think they go Patrick Queen. I stuck along with uh, these guys. I, I stayed the Eagles as well. Like I mentioned before, they want to go speed and they want to find out an offense and defense. And you're going to get, you're going to get a lot of that from Patrick Queen and throw him in the middle of the field. All right. So then our last prospect that we have going today is DeAndre Swift uh, running back out of Georgia. Brady, how about you kick us off at where you think you'll go? Kyle, oh, this is so tough because the talent is top 20 uh, in the class, but the position doesn't speak top 20. So um, I had him going to the Kansas City Chiefs, and actually I don't think it's going to be in the first round. I could see them trading with, let's say, Indianapolis. So Indianapolis can maybe trade up and get Jordan Love and use a five-year, get the, uh, the fifth year on the first round draft pick. So I had the Kansas City Chiefs probably early in the second round just because of the position he plays. And um, he, like I said, really good talent. He's my RB1 in the class. So uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I like the, uh, the take you said with uh, trading back. This is a really tough, tough player and a tough position to pick for in this draft. I don't think anybody really knows where they're going to go. A lot of people say maybe not first round. I, I have them um, going to the Miami Dolphins in the second round. I think it's a good fit. Talk about a need that they have. Um, it's really interesting because with the running backs we talked about, I think in the last episode, it's pick your poison. Which one do you fit your system better? But I think uh, the Dolphins fit very well with DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely one of the guys that says no running back in the first round this year. That's just what my God tells me. And, you know, Brady, I think you and I must have done this together because I felt the exact same way. I, I'm going with the Chiefs for Swift here for the exact same reasons. I, I think they're going to trade back with a team like the Colts, um, who I think could potentially end up with a Jordan Love late in this draft in the first round. You know, Ballard wants to make moves. They don't have a quarterback signed past this year, so they move in potentially to – to make a splash there and the chiefs, you know, reside in the early in the second round and, and take swift huge playmaker for Mahomes, and just continue the rich get richer. Yeah. I think that would be a really good idea. Um, so I had the dolphins uh, picking Deandre Swift. They got five selections in the first two rounds and they only really have Jordan Howard in uh, the backfield there right now. That's actually a playmaker. So um he potentially could be a keeper of mine in fantasy. So if he's the only back there, I'd be pretty stoked. But I think that uh, uh, DeAndre Swift would be a really good fit there for Miami. And being uh, complimenting Jordan Howard and having kind of that two-headed uh, monster that we see so often in backfields in the NFL today. Well, boys, that will do it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And go deep, and we'll see you next time.